Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us on a Think Tank Thursday. Uh, we got Dave Rowland uh, coming up uh, in the final segment of the program. Uh, we've uh, and he's got a ton of cases. We've we've also uh, got some uh, Columbia news because uh, we got uh, we got the buzz with one Z. Uh, that's uh, Mike Murphy. Uh, he'll be with us. Uh, we've got uh, the Show Me Institute. Uh, Jim Babka uh, with some observations about something that Catherine Herridge said uh, on CBS. I talked about this uh, earlier in the week, I think, uh, or maybe late, uh, sometime last week. I don't know when I talked about it, but I did. Uh, anyway, uh, he's got some observations that I think you'll want to hear uh, about that. Uh, so uh, we uh, also know that uh, all the names of the people who have uh, been uh, on the Lolita Express, uh, they're being released. Uh, quite a list of notables, uh, including uh, former President Donald Trump, uh, former President Bill Clinton, uh, Kevin Jackson. Uh, we've got uh, Prince Andrew, a whole bunch of people that have been flying on that. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll talk about that as well. But in the meantime... <laughs> I, uh, Gary, that was Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Jackson. <laughs> KevinJacksonNetwork.com. Good morning, buddy. How you doing? You're just jealous. Yeah. yeah. You're just jealous, Gary, because you couldn't get on Lolita Express. <laughs> Don't hate. Appreciate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, you God. know what that? What's funny about that list is they constantly talk about uh, they they throw Trump on there, and what they don't tell you is Trump never went to Epstein Island. He went. He got on Alita Express, and I think it was uh, he, he was looking at real estate. He he didn't do anything untoward. But Bill Clinton and all these others, they uh, actually went to the island and went multiple times. The Bill Gates of the world. But they have. If you watch the media, they always they they always yeah, they always Trump throw in there. And Trump is the guy that when when uh, uh, when he hit on uh, one of the uh, underage uh, employees at his uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago, he banned him. I mean, it, it, yeah. there's there's no there's no there there at yeah, all. There's nothing with Trump, but they they want to include him because they got to make you think that oh he's guilty. He was on there as well. Look, I, I being honest with you. Uh, I, I'm not going to say it's much to do about nothing because it isn't with respect to the children who were hurt and all the other nonsense that goes on. But it's typical leftist shenanigans. I mean, look, let's not forget, we spent $17 million paying off people that filed charges against dem mostly Democratic congressmen, and that swept was swept under the rug. We've got not only Epstein, but we've got decades of Weinstein having done similar stuff he didn't he, Weinstein didn't have a plane he just everywhere he went he molested somebody and it was an open secret in Hollywood and among rhino Republicans like Cindy McCain I've heard these people talk about it and yet they all clamor to get into his movies get pictures with him to you know to be part of the limelight so look this has been going on forever and I, the idea that these people, you know, it, it's some new surprise and the list is going to reveal everything. Think, the other thing, think about the transparency. We, this list should have been out the moment that they tried to get Epstein. But it's been hidden. Look at what we've been trying to get with Joe Biden and his bank records, with Hunter Biden and what he's been doing and the whole Biden family. Look at how long it took to uncover that Hillary Clinton was really behind the Russian collusion narrative. So look at any of these stories. 
and ask yourself, what's the delay? Why did it take months or even over a year to get J6 tapes after they were putting people in prison over this stuff? And why suddenly has that information disappeared? This is a pattern of corruption that anybody can spot. And yet, you know, it, it's a revelation, like, oh, look at what's happened. We know what's happening. You know, I don't need to see that list. Look at everybody that's pictured with Jeffrey Epstein. And, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not condemning people for being in pictures because I'm in a, thousands of pictures. I don't know who the people are. When I go sign books and go to events, people, Kevin, 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 I don't know who they are. But there are people that you know know Epstein. They're not just taking a picture with him. They know him. And you can connect the dots and geo-track their phones, and they know everything that's going on with this guy. So well, nothing all, new under the sun. All I know is that if you could get frequent flyer miles, Bill Clinton would, <laughs> would have racked yeah. up a ton of them. I think like 50. Well, well, they call him uh, Passenger 360 or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. He's, he's been on there quite a bit. Yeah. So, But, you know, look, look at the bigger stories, though, that are still going on. Um, you know, we still got Hunter that's ready. You know, here's what cracks me up. Joe Biden comes out after the first of the year, essentially attacks more than half the country because he attacks everybody who actually loves America, who supports Trump. Uh, he's going on his slavery tour so he can revisit, you know, everybody. Like he went to the church where they shot up the the, parish, the black parishioners. Everything with him is about divisiveness. Let, let me go somewhere where people got shot and we can relive that. Let me go somewhere where this happened and we can relive that. And they they pretend that he's got a viable candidacy. And I want you to just understand that they, they're touting this guy. He's still their number one. And by the way, I hope it stays this way. I hope he, he gets their nomination. But they tout this guy, and he is under the worst specter of corruption that I've ever seen in my life of any president. And I'm talking about Richard Nixon looks like the choir boy, you know, ba the baby of the choir boys and the pope compared to, to Joe Biden. And they still act like this guy is viable. And forget his, his dementia, forget his age, forget his, his, his lack of success as a president, and they still want him. That's what we should be asking ourselves. How, how sick do you have to be to be dealing with the inflation of Joe Biden, the insecurity of what's going on around the country? During the break, when waiting, there was a commercial saying they're giving all this money for the CHIPS Act. You know why they're giving that money for the CHIPS Act? Because they know China's going to go in and take Taiwan, where 70% of the microprocessors are made. And that's why Nancy Pelosi invested millions of dollars in NVIDIA, a chip uh, for people don't realize, an AI chip maker, because they all know what's going to happen. I mean, th th this is the most crooked. I've never seen anything like this. Well, it's it's going to be the most interesting election of our lifetimes. It's I don't think we're, we're ever going to see anything quite like what's coming. Uh, well, did you yeah, see look, Biden's I think the question people are asking, though, Gary, is it, it, is it going to be legit? You know, look, we won in 2020. I, I think at this point people realize Trump got cheated. J6 is a farce. And with everything that you've seen surrounding J6, now that the tapes have come out, I mean, I didn't need that anyway, but for those who did, it's pretty difficult to deny that there was no insurrection, yet they continue this lie. Look in, look in the news right now, you'll see J6 all over the place, and they're still spreading these lies. 
So the question becomes, can they do it again? Now, I say Joe Biden is so unpopular now, it's impossible to do it again. I'll tell you what's going to be fun. Last time around, he could legitimately hide in his basement and argue it's COVID and he's, you know, in that group that's uh, most likely to to be uh, uh, affected by it uh, negatively. So he didn't have to really go out and campaign. Campaigning is really arduous. Take it from a guy who knows. Oh, yeah. Uh, I travel all over the country uh, making campaign stops and speeches, and and it's it was tiring for me, and I'm a lot younger than Joe Biden. Yeah. So now he can't hide in the basement. Now we get to see, you know, are they going to put a lid on him uh, at uh, noon? Does he have to take that senior citizen's power nap? What's he going to look like when he's going around the country doing what candidates do uh, and repeatedly speaking? I mean, I can remember flying into O'Hare, uh, shaving in the bathroom, and then flying up to wa- overnight, no sleep, going to Washington, D.C., doing CNN, and then, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was... Uh, uh, I can only imagine, you know, the because I mean I don't think people really understand the number of stumps speeches you have to make in a given day, the number of planes you're on, the number of trans airport transfers that happen. You're eating on the fly. You're taking phone calls in between. Uh, you know, from you got staffers in your ear. You got media that you're doing as soon as you hit the ground or sometimes on a plane. It's in, it's crazy. And I don't and, think he's going to be up to it. Well, I I know he's not because he wasn't up to it in 2020 when they cheated him out of it, when cheated Trump out of it, and they shoehorned him in. So he wasn't up to it then. His brain doesn't function as well now. But here's the other thing that people have to remember. And here's two things that cracks me up when you look at this situation. When they talk about Donald Trump, you would think that Donald Trump has not served as president. They tell you, if Trump gets elected, here's what he's going to do. Well, Trump's already been elected. And he didn't do any of the stuff you said. And in fact, he did quite the opposite. And we had a pretty good economy. Well, there's so an irony. There's an irony in their argument that it's the end of democracy when it's the Democrats that are trying to prevent people from voting for the guy. That if you voting uh, for the guy that's already been in there, who preserved the democracy, who got us out of the wars, who made America great, who brought manufacturing back, brought jobs back, brought prosperity back, consumer confidence. I could go to, go on, and then they they colluded with the Chinese to introduce the Wuhan virus to wreck the economy, and he still brought it back, and they got rid of it anyway. And then here's part two. They act as if Joe Biden's track record doesn't exist. Well, their argument, argument, Kevin, is that that, uh, Bidenomics has been a success. And we'll talk about about this uh, in just a moment, uh, because uh, Biden plan for Social Security is not pretty. I'll share that with you and Kevin Jackson, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock on a Think Tank Thursday. Jim Babka is going to be with us at uh, 935, and he's going to talk about something that Catherine Harridge said about a Black Swan event uh, coming up this year and an observation that he made. Uh, we've talked about this uh, sometime in the, you know, in the last two weeks, and it's... Um, it's it, it, I think a very troubling observation on her part. We'll get Jim's uh, take on that. Uh, right now, Kevin Jackson is with us, uh, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. And uh, 
Social Security is is in trouble. It won't go broke. That's a fallacy. As long as people are working, money will go into Social Security uh, and, and people will get paid. The problem is, right now we're supplementing the money that, that people pay into Social Security uh, with, uh, by collecting the IOUs from the Treasury. But those are going to run out. And that's when you know, recipients are going to take a hit. So everybody wants to save it. We're $34 trillion in debt. And the Biden administration's plan is to make you pay a Social Security tax, a FICA tax, on every dime of your income, no matter how much you make. Right now, it stops at 168000 So they're going to take in, uh, they're going to start taxing people above that if, if Biden gets another four more years. So what does that mean? That means that they're going to have more money going in than going out, just like they did in the 50s and 60s. And since they've no place to, to invest it, they'll give it to the Treasury. They will loan it to the Treasury again, increasing the national debt. So, Kevin Jackson, is there any way out of this Ponzi scheme? They, they can't. Obama tried that, wanted to do that before. And it's, just think of it this way. It's up to 168000 and that means that the, as an employer has to match that. So it's you know seven point five percent both directions, uh, roughly 50, I think it's fifteen point three percent total that goes into Social Security. Well, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, you're putting in a fifteen thousand dollars a year into an insurance. Hello, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, you there? Yep. I'm sorry, oh. we lost you there. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So so, but if you make a million dollars, you're putting in a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year into a plan that's only going to pay you a few thousand dollars a month. So anybody that's making a ton of money, you're, going to, you're just throwing your money away. But what about the matching funds, the, the employer that has to match you? So you're putting in 75000 a year, and they have to match you 75000 For everybody that makes over $168,000, the employer has to match that over the, over the top. And $168,000 is not a lot of money anymore. A lot of people make that. So it, it's, it's going to blow up. I don't think it'll go through. It didn't go through with Obama. But what a train wreck it would be for the economy, anybody that looks at it. And if you understand Social Security, because people think that the money they put in Social Security is like, like the way you would save it. If you put 15% of your money away, you'd be a millionaire by the time you, you know, got to the end of it at 65 if you started 20. It's only insurance. It's not a money that's sitting there waiting for you. And they dole it out in such small amounts. That it's quite frankly, it should be illegal. It's like playing the lottery, and and the sad part is, most older, most black folks and people of, that live in poverty will never reach that number. So it doesn't matter what you put in; you're never going to get it. it. It's the biggest. To call it a Ponzi scheme is to is to insult Ponzi. <laughs> you know, minorities uh, seem to uh, die before they collect in greater numbers than others. Yeah, it's a racist scheme if you really want to, you know, look at it from that perspective, because black folks and, and, and I don't know about Hispanics, but I know blacks as a percentage of people that start to collect Social Security. We are probably the lowest percentage, maybe only second to the uh, Native Americans. Let me uh, let me change directions here very quickly and ask you about your application uh, to run Harvard. 
Um, <laughs> you heard about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you guys are good. Your research team is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I want to get in on that that uh, affirmative action train over there. By the way, I, I've been plagiarizing for years, and if that helps my cause. Well, it's okay, and I don't mind. <laughs> it's actually a requirement these days. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I submitted all my plagiarized papers. <laughs> so, but, you know, and it's funny. She gets ousted for for that. And uh, and then, of course, it's it's a scheme on the Republicans. We dumped her. You know, we it wasn't it wasn't her own work and things like that. But, but again, another ridiculous thing. The only thing that makes this this story worthy of our t attention to me is that it, you look at Harvard, supposed to be the venerable institution, and at the sitting at the top of their institution is somebody who is a cheat who didn't do her work, and I compared it to Joe Biden. Look at Joe Biden. He did exactly what she did, but this rich white schemer, this criminal, still is in the presidency of the United States. So if you want to say black women trump white guys, if the Democrats want to claim that they've, they're all about intersectionality and making sure that the, the little person wins, why is Claudine Gay gone and Joe Biden still sitting as president? He's a plagiarist. He's a liar. It, I mean, proven. You know that and he's she's the worst criminal that she's ever could, could ever be. You know but that she's she's not actually gone. She's not going to hold that position, but she'll still be teaching there, and she's going to be making nine hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, why not? I mean, come well, on. Well, because Jerry. she's because she cheated. Well, she, she, she's a black woman. Leave her alone, Gary. Come on. Uh, am I being racist? You are, man. You're sexist and racist. <laughs> You're all. And that's a perfect example. $900,000 a year, black woman making this kind of coin, and the next thing you're going to hear is somebody complaining that women don't make eight cents less than men. I mean, you know, again, we, we spend so much time on things that, that quite frankly have, I mean, they showcase the irony and the hypocrisy of, of leftism, and we still can't seem to make any headway. And, and that, I think that's what most of America is looking at is, look at this. This is a woman who gets caught cheating, and what's her penalty? She's going to make almost a million dollars a year and pretty much got a slap on the wrist. Yep, that's, uh, that seems to be about the way things run. Yeah. But, hey, jo Karine Jean-Pierre says to her, hang in there, girl, because, uh, you know, that you may not be feeling the effects of Bidenomics and how good it's going to be. So hopefully that $900,000, Claudine Gay can survive on that in this economy. Let's all let's pray for her, Gary, because, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah, well, a, a shift in her investment portfolio might just save her. Uh, but put we'll it in see. NVIDIA with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Maybe that's where <laughs> she'll put her money. <laughs> all right. Kevin Jackson, the KevinJacksonNetwork.com. Uh, go check out my merch, man. People need to go see my merch shop. What do you got? What, what do you got there? Shop.thekevinjacksonnetwork.com. We have the coolest stuff because it's all custom done. There's nothing that's made by anybody else. Go check it out. Our do merch you have is the, amazing. Do you have the, the uh, Gary Nolan t-shirt there? Yeah, yeah, we got that one. We got a, a great <laughs> one for you. <laughs> no, no, I mean the one with my face on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll see it. It's, it we call it the finger. <laughs> oh, that, that doesn't sound right. All right, Kevin, thank you, buddy. Take care. <laughs> That's the Gary Nolan Show. Jim Babko, what did Catherine Harridge say that he thinks is so important? We'll talk about it next on the Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 9.35, and uh, coming up, the Show Me Institute is going to be on board with us. That'll be at about 10.05. Uh, but uh, before that happens, uh, I want to talk a little bit about CBS News, Catherine Herridge. Uh, she was uh, doing a, a roundtable discussion uh, about what prediction, you know, about predictions that uh, she saw for the year. Here's what she said. She didn't say very much, did she? Can you hear this? <laughs> no, I can't. What? What? Yeah. I'm listening to it through my headphones, but you're I not getting so. it. Yeah. Um, all right. She she predicted a black swan event. Uh, what I should do is uh, send this uh, link through the other room, but I, I don't have time for that. Jim Babka is with us, uh, Grace Arkey, uh, and he, he watched this. Jim, good morning. Sorry good morning. about the audio. Uh, what? What did um, what did you take from this? Well, the thing that she said specifically had a, a piece of nuance to it, um, and the nuance is that well, first off, the black uh, let's, we should explain what a black swan event is. That's what we should do first, since we don't have the clip. Uh, the black swan event is a kind of out of the blue, big surprise event. Um, it, it becomes very predictable in hindsight. But in, in foresight, lots of people miss it, and it's very large. It's cataclysmic in size. And it's usually uh, provoked. Uh, the source of this is uh, Nassim Taleb, who uh, also, have talk, we've talked about him before. He wrote Anti-Fragile as well. But the black swan is, uh, usually comes about apart because of interventions that were made that forestalled a correction. So something really dramatic and big happens because we keep putting off the problem, putting off the problem, putting off the problem. And she said she foresaw one coming. Now, you know, you could call COVID a black swan event because of its sheer size. Um, uh, another one that's out there is the debt, the national debt, and what might happen to our financial system because of it. Uh, so, you know, you could be talking a terrorist event. You could be talking a, uh, a pan another pandemic. You could be talking about a financial event. And a lot of people think it will be a financial event. So she was saying that she foresaw this coming. And what is interesting to me is as a, someone who works at CBS and the way that she phrased this, she specifically said the people she was talking to. So she's inside the Beltway culture. She works for a major uh, media organization. Uh, so that means going to the right parties, having the right friends and so on and so forth. That means that the people that are working in your government right now are aware that something really bad is about to happen. Uh, they have various indicators and indices and intelligence that something really bad is coming. And we've been talking about debt in particular here. Uh, my bet would be somewhere along that line, uh, but I think it's potentially possible that there are a few different things that are going on right now. And the fact that she has these friends or these acquaintances professionally makes me think this is actually something very serious and worth paying attention to. All right, so let me just kind of boil this down. Because of her position, she networks with lots of people, and she's giving an opinion based on information she's getting from these powerful people. So you're saying there's probably more to this. Uh, there, These are powerful people who should know who thinks something is going to happen. Yes, yes. Wow. She was purposely cagey about it because I think there's probably more than one thing. And I think that 
the people that she's talking to are in positions where they're paid to worry, and uh, she doesn't want to overstate anybody's case, but she's hearing enough of this kind of what we would call chatter that that was the prediction she chose to make. She didn't give a sunny projection. I mean, we should, you know, given the years that we've had of late, the scenarios should have been more rosy about what's coming. But I don't, I don't think most people feel that way. I think most people have a sense that something's wrong, and if you're feeling that intuitive sense, this might be one of those times and eras where you need to maybe begin thinking about making special provisions for it. All right, see, now, I just, I just talked about this yesterday on the program. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the national debt, and we're, we were talking about it yesterday, the, that we crested $34 trillion. <laughs> Took us $34 trillion, and how fast did that happen? 90 days for the last trillion dollars. 90 days, three months, a trillion dollars in debt. That's, that's racking up money, uh, that's racking up debt very fast. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I believe that uh, Ronald Reagan was critical of Jimmy Carter for running up a $70 billion deficit. This has yeah. accelerated. Every single decade, it's gone faster and faster and faster. And now you're to a point where a trillion dollars, not a billion, not a hundred billion, a trillion dollars happens in just over a quarter year. Yeah. And, it's, and so I, I was asking listeners, you know, should I be wearing a tinfoil hat? Because I'm thinking maybe it's time to go out and buy those food supplies that last for 90 days. Some propane, so I could be okay. sure, you know. Here's another thing to add on to that particular fire. Uh, 2008, we had a financial meltdown. There was a derivative market. The size of the derivative market at that time was bigger than all of the economies on the planet combined. They went back to business as usual after the bailout. They reconfigured some things, and they are not where they were in 2008. But you could see on a graph, it's like a trough because the derivative market collapsed and went way down, and now it is back up pretty dramatically, it is most of the way back to the size it was before. It's it's a nagging feeling uh, that that this is so unsustainable. And you and I had this discussion, I, I'm betting we this goes back four or five years ago. And I was, uh, and I asked you how you think it's going to happen, and you said, a little bit at a time. Things will. My, just... I believe in a, in a theory I call the thousand points of default. And that was that one thing would break and then another thing would break and some other stuff. And that, to some degree, has already begun. It's happened. Uh, I was inspired by what was happening in Illinois with their pension fund. There were months that they couldn't make checks out to people. Yeah. And I thought that that was going to be, the, in fact, I thought the pension funds were going to actually be the place this was going to show up, one of the earliest places it was going to show up. There were probably at that time four or five states that I thought, you know, okay, this is where it's going to tip. And they would bail out the first one and maybe the second one, but then they would have to start to say, we can't bail you all out, right? So the most financially irresponsible would get the benefit of the bailout, ironically. So, that's how government works. But uh, I, no longer th I, I no longer believe that's what's happening here. I think that the amount of stress on this system is immense. And 
when one of these things breaks, and the rising interest rates are just making it happen faster. When one of these things breaks, uh, it'll come down hard on everyone. So a couple of quick things. Um, everyone should have some Bitcoin, and you should have it in your home. You should have like, personal access to it. It should not be up on some exchange. Just a little bit. You don't need much, but you should have some. Everybody should probably have some silver. You can get, the best way to get that is in coins, uh, old coins, vintage coins. You should have some of that. Uh, uh, I think it's pre-1965 dimes, like for example, quarters, like when they were still using silver in the coin. So you should have some of that. Everybody should have, there's some money at home. Don't leave all of your money in the bank. If you leave all of your money in the bank, they can have a bank holiday, they can close the bank, they can slow things down. Uh, and uh, lastly, everybody should have some uh, provisions in their home uh, so that if they have a week or two that they cannot get to the store or they're limited or things get rationed, they have some things back behind. Now, I was in, we were in a position like this you know, a decade plus ago, myself personally. I don't have any of these things in place yet, but I've had this. You talked about nagging feeling. There's been a lot of indicators to me and nagging feelings that all of these are things. And I could give you more, but those are some things that everybody could do basically to get started. So I, I, I don't need the tinfoil hat. 874-9390, the toll-free is 800-529-5572. Jim Babka with us, Grace Arkey. Uh, before I go to the phones, what, what is uh, this the, the latest episode about? Oh, we talked about the uh, Kate Dobbs case and how both sides are handling the abortion debate and why the pro-life side is losing at the moment. Ooh, I'm curious to hear that. Let me get the, uh, the uh, Black Swan phone calls in. Uh, I got time for some of these. Let me go to Gary first. Gary, welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. It caught my attention yesterday on the money shows. They were talking. Uh, Jay Powell, uh, the Fed chairman, he uh, not exactly like Trump. Uh, Trump appointed him, and then Trump always pressured him to keep rates at a zero. We've had zero rates for ten years. And the normal rate is around four, four and a half. Anyway, Fed Paul, you were talking about how the Fed might have influenced the election. Here's how it might go down. Paul is no fan. He's set to be replaced or stepped down. He has been working on crypto also. And uh, I don't think that's going to... I think the thing of him stepping down uh, either before the election... Or in November is going to be a big event because... Yeah, but that's not uh, a black swan event. I think it's a black duck that could turn into the swan. <laughs> because because the Fed guy's more important than the president. I mean, we, we, we have uh, half a million dollar homes in Columbia and $80,000 cars because... Rates were at zero for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Money didn't cost anything. Yep. Uh, that's the problem. That's why the debt's as big as it is. But Powell, Powell, they might be, the new guy might be one of those, well, let's put the rate down at zero per, again, and then we'll become Venezuela. With the $34 trillion, we had 21 or something. Uh when Trump was in office, uh, with 
uh, beginning of office with 31 trillion. That thing could go to well. Trump. Trump was no financial conservative, not by Ab- any means. Uh, he yeah. increased regulations by the end of his term. They were going up, uh, and he spent like a drunken sailor. Some things he did well. I, I appreciate that he cut taxes. Uh, trade war was a bad idea. He didn't get us involved in any new military excursions. I like that. All right, I got to run, Gary. Thank you for the call. I'm up against the clock. Quick break. Jim Babka, Gray Sarkey, and your favorite platform on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 9.53, glad to have you with us. It is the Gary Nolan Show, and it's Think Tank Thursday. Coming up at 10.05, uh, Brenda Talent, the incredibly talented Brenda Talent, is going to be with us from the Show Me Institute. Should talk about the start of the new legislative session and what policymakers should be focusing on uh, when they get back down to Jeff City. I guess or up to Jeff City if you're south of Jeff City. Anyway, that's what's coming up at uh, 5 after 10. In the meantime, we got uh, Jim Babco with us, uh, Grace Arkey, and uh, it's on uh, just about every platform. You almost can't get away from the guy. If you can't spell Grace Arkey, just look up Jim Babka, B-A-B-K-A, um, and, and be sure to put Jim in there. Otherwise, you're going to get a recipe for food. Oh, and it's delicious, too. So you say. Yes. Oh, no. People who've had a Babka know, and you, you can't beat a Babka. That's what they said on Seinfeld anyway. Uh, I, I want to <laughs> say uh, something quick about Gary's call. I left something off the list that's extremely important. He kind of alluded to it. If you were driving around one of those 80000 or even $40,000 cars and you've got debt on it, you probably should be looking at getting rid of your debt. Your, all of your debt is going to be, is, is another burden that's on you. Uh, there's been financial advice in the past that debt wasn't such a bad thing and it could be creatively used to you know, improve your lifestyle and so on and so forth. Uh, that's not true. And you are going to want to have as few encumbrances on you uh, in this process, particularly if they lock up your bank account. They, where do they do? They do that in Greece. Where where do they do that? I think uh, where they uh, they were uh, so deeply in debt that they started locking everybody's uh, uh, yeah. bank accounts. Yeah, that doesn't mean, by the way, that they don't that the, your creditors all of a sudden start saying, "Oh, it's no problem. We understand your account's locked. You can't get your money." That doesn't change your 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 requirement to pay your bills. So you just don't want to be in a position where you have bills. Like if you can avoid having bills, reduce those bills. And most ever, people can. And lots of people are living beyond their means, and they're going to get hurt. Do you ever uh, look around, just stop and look around and go, where the hell are we? I mean, when you and I were growing, especially me and, and Brian, uh, when we were growing up, uh, muscle cars were the big deal. Uh, the sound of headers, uh, we had these outlandish styles, uh, the, the car, we were the envy of the world in the automotive world. Mm-hmm. And today, of course, they're crushing that people won't, young kids aren't driving the way we were. We would go out and get our driver's license the moment we were eligible. Mm-hmm. Today, don't do that. And then there's this battery powered car thing. Uh, we've got uh, transgenders uh, who are uh, males uh, competing with women uh, for college sports. Uh, I mean, do you ever stop and look at this and go, I didn't see this coming? Well, I don't know that any generation does. Um, First off, I think some things are fads. 
Uh, and I think, uh, uh, and, and I would apply the transgender thing to that. Uh, it's a new thing. It's kind of the fad for right now. I don't know that that lasts. I think we're going to learn a lot about what's happening right now. And I think there are, some of those lessons are already beginning to arrive on some people. Um, and, and I think uh, every generation can't help but get old uh, and look back. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I had an uncle and aunt, uh, my dad's uncle and aunt, actually, that every single time I went over to visit, they're like, these kids these days, and they were just talking about all the stupid and terrible things that they saw happening. And I always would roll my eyes because I was like, you know, how, how out of touch are these people? And now I'm that dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, some of this stuff is just insane. It, it really is just, it's it's insane. Uh, you think it's a fad. All right, where can they find Grace Arkey? Because I am curious, uh, the Republicans need to find a way to handle the abortion issue. Um, well, I think costing. everybody needs to have, find a way to handle the abortion issue. And I think the Kate Cox story is a, was a really interesting place to jump in and review where things are at with the Dobbs decision. Uh, we actually made some predictions in episode four, which was done live the day of the Dobbs decision. And uh, those predictions held. Uh, they're still in place, and they still provide opportunities. So uh, they can find it at Rumble. They can find it at YouTube. They can find it on Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, Podbean. Uh, it's it's kind of all over the place. Uh, Google Podcasts, it's all over. Yeah, you can hardly get away from the guy. Trust me, I know. Uh, so very quickly, just give me a brief uh, overview. I'll give you a minute. How, how should the Republicans be handling this? Well, I think the, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, if we're doing an episode called, a show called Grace Arkey, then we're going to look for the Grace Angle. And I think that this is never, has not been ideally a political issue. But we provide something called the 60% solution that kind of describes how the consensus has arrived at uh, on this issue and, and others, but this one in particular. And it's a piece of advice uh, to both sides. One side is actually using it, the pro-choice side at the moment, the pro-life side is not. So uh, I encourage people to check out the podcast Grace Arkey with Jim Babka is the name of it. Oh man, that is just cruel. Now I got to go listen to it, and it, <laughs> and then on top of that, I, I've got to see your face because it's a video. Oh, well, man. if they go to YouTube or Rumble, but they can go to Pandora or Spotify or whatnot and not not have to see me. And you can also play YouTube in the background. There's nothing about this podcast that requires you to look at my mug. In that case, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead. I, I, you know, as long as you don't have to look. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right, buddy. Take care. Uh, former nationally syndicated radio talk show host, the uh, host of uh, Grace Arkey. Coming up, Show Me Institute, Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 